Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We got a great lineup for you today. I'm really kind of jazzed about a number of different things. Certainly, I'm interested. I I'm, I'm just want you to meet Dr. Matthew McKay. And you're going to get really up close and personal about what he is bringing into the world. I mean, if you can even think about this for a minute, if you could think about love in a time of impermanence. First of all, you're going to hear what love is. But more importantly, you're going to get an in-depth education on the nature of impermanence. But the question is, what does impermanence trigger? You know, what does it do? Can it take us to a place of ultimately expanding love? Or are you like somebody else, many else's in the world, and go through the pain of impermanence? The pain. You're going to hear what all that's about. You're going to hear about what um, Dr. McKay has done in his practice. You're going to hear about why he has been in front of, you know, those of us that study psychology, we're in front of a lot of people. But you're going to see from his perspective as a clinical psychologist, then he had, he, I got to tell you, he did what I couldn't do. He, he, he teaches, professor of psychology at Wright Institute. Uh, and he is the founder of a very special clinic you'll hear about. But one of the things that is so important to think about in this show is, are we talking about trauma in the world today more than we ever have? And are we talking about it to address all of the people in our society? You know, if you talk to me about what it was like growing up in the projects in the Bronx, I will tell you, but probably by the time I was six years old, I saw a few things that you just cannot get out of your memory. But what do you do with it? What do you do with all that? Um, Matthew, it's great to have you. Great to have you on the show. We got a lot to talk about, right? My pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for teaching people because I couldn't do it. <laughs> it takes it takes a whole lot of courage to do that. So thank you for not only just bringing to us the multidimensional nature of what we're about to talk about, but also, many people don't believe you can keep love alive, period. They, there's, take, look at the latest studies, the research that's coming out. There are a lot of people that don't even think they can keep love alive in the face of stability. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. We're going to talk about the book, but I know you must have seen some things. I also know you must have experienced some things in your life, right? I, I would love to know for you, I'm always interested, why does someone write a book like this? What kind of challenges, what kind of obstacles, Dr. McKay, did you have to overcome, move beyond, address to be here right now in this very moment and be able to talk about this book? 
Well, and there are a couple of things. One, I've been a couples therapist for 45 years and I've seen how love dies. I've witnessed people struggle and lose love. And I realized there are ways that they kept it. And, uh, and I wanted to pass that on to other people. How do you keep love in the face of pain, of impermanence, of, of things changing? How do you love when you're always on some level afraid of what's going to happen next, uh, of rejection, of loss? So I, I wanted to really, you know, offer whatever wisdom I've acquired over these years uh, mm -hmm. as I've watched love die. And I've also seen couples find ways to hold on to love mm -hmm. in the face of impermanence and pain. The other thing is that I lost my son yep. 15 years ago. Yep. And I set out to find him and connect to him uh, on the other side, a long yep. journey. Uh, and one that finally resulted in uh, my learning how to channel and having important conversations with him that have gone on all these years. Uh, he contributed to this book, uh, Love in the Time of Impermanence. Um, but I, I've, also, I've also learned how to keep love alive with those who are gone, who are on the other side. How do you do that? So those are the things that I've been facing and, and dealing with over the years, and I wanted to pass some of that on. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I love is that when I read a book like this, without even knowing what you just said, there is an energy greater than the human body and mind can pick up a pen, okay, or a keyboard, and just put words on a piece of paper. See, when I read a book like this, it is very clear to me that there's a different energy here. And it's because of that energy. It's because of what you shared. You know, it's because of this love. It's because of this collaboration that what you're writing about is so absolutely divinely meant for where we are today in the world. Would you say that? I think this is a moment of uh, more than maybe we faced in, in a long time of massive impermanence massive change and we are all holding our breath on some level uh with with fear and uncertainty uh, about you know what's coming next so I, I i think you know it's true that this is a moment where learning how to love in the face of impermanence in the face of pain in the face of change is one of the most important things we can do you know i want to ask you about this idea of people keeping love alive. I want to start with that conversation. I mean, there's many, many things in the book I do want to talk with you about, but I, I want to talk about keeping love alive. And I want to also talk about the fact that you are very clear. And, th and there are those of us that have experienced pain, just like you, loss, just excruciating loss. And we have run for it. Many of us have run for it and run from it. Now, what do I mean by that? And I would like you to address this a little bit because this is what's going on right now. You know, addiction, alcohol rates, you know, the, uh, the number of bars and the, the gross revenue bars are making now post-COVID is up 20 to 25% post-COVID. And 
the question really is, how much pain are people in that they are not talking about? What do you think? Am I on track with that? Yeah, people are in enormous amounts of pain and and they're struggling with it to in traditional ways, trying to get rid of it, try, try to numb it out with alcohol and substances, uh, trying to get rid of it with, you know, intense pleasure activities, um, various ways of avoiding the experience of what, of what they really feel. So that's, that's really uh, an enormous problem we're facing right now. Not just the amount of pain that we're in, but also how we cope with pain. Mm -hmm. We live in a, in, a, in a society that traditionally is like, you shouldn't be in pain. If, you, if you're in pain, there's something wrong with you. You know, uh, we should be feeling good. We should be having a good time. Uh, life should be good. And if you're in pain, you screwed up somehow. And, and our answer to that is, well, then, then do, take something. Take a pill. Take an analgesic. Uh, push it away. Do whatever it takes. Get rid of that pain. And there's some pain that we can't get rid of. Uh, and we end up, uh, because we can't get rid of it, just trying to push it away. And in, in the process of pushing away the pain, we're also pushing away love. Because it's not possible to love without having some pain. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, I want to take a short break when we come back. This collaboration with Jordan. Jordan, for those of you just tuning in, uh, Jordan is Dr. McKay's um, late son. And this is a collaboration. But it's a collaboration that had this pathway not been open, you would not be speaking with Dr. Matthew McKay in the way that he is speaking now. You would not be speaking with him about what he's learned. You'd not be speaking about having conversations with the energy, the life force, whatever you want to call it of those that have passed. Many of you know I do a show with Mark Anthony every Thursday and so you understand. You would not really have a sense that you too have the ability to bring messages in to get guidance, to know how to take that walk. When we come back, what does Jordan say about why? Why there is so much pain in life? What was that message that Jordan gave Dr. Matthew? Why is there so much pain in life? And is this statement true? This was from the Dalai Lama, I believe, where I think he said something like, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. When we come back, we're going to take this ride in this journey. We're going to talk about how these messages that have come through in the book can help you change your life, can help you love and still lose. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Know your own divine magic and extend peace and love to all with Reiki master and author Brett Bevel. Brett offers empowering solutions with energy healing modalities, magical awakening, and psychic Reiki. Brett's latest book, Healing Racism Within, A Lightworker's Guide, draws on his own journey of growing up in a racist community and healing childhood trauma. For more on the most cutting-edge energy healing techniques, visit brettbevel.com. What could you achieve if you knew someone was going to ask about your progress every week? Accountability matters. Small corrections and check-ins with your goals can lead to big results in your business without you feeling overwhelmed. Success Magnified owner Mary Gall provides entrepreneurs a system of goal setting and accountability to create clarity about where you are now, your future direction, and the most effective way to get there. Book your free call at successmagnified.com today. 
Do you question what an authentic life really looks like? Tune in to The Alley Effect with Allison Blythe, authentically living life your way. Every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where Allison Blythe brings you tools, resources, and actionable steps toward your very best life. Take responsibility for your own happiness. For more about Allison, visit Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, Blythe, B-L-Y-T-H-E dot com. Are you curious about who the Holy Spirit is or whether or not the Holy Spirit is real? And even more so, how to connect with an invisible God on a deeper level? Join me, Dr. Lisa Kohut, on Making the Holy Spirit Famous every second and fourth Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Central Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to begin that relationship, to begin to deepen your relationship with the Holy Spirit. To work with me, go to HolySpiritCoach.com. See you soon. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potassic, the fourth Tuesday each month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the golden age that provides truth and answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you monthly on TransformationTalkRadio.com on Knowledge Book Radio. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.com. Net. Benny, I think disco's coming back. What makes you think that? Uh, I just watching like stuff. Okay. And like you see, like some of the ads, like going back to the 60s and stuff, mm-hmm. and some of the music. And I tried to do my best to have a conversation with Donna Summer from the other side, but she's not talking to me. So just you, saying. You channeled your inner disco and then you broke out your bell bottoms again? <sighs> Oh my gosh. I do have a picture floating around somewhere. I I do. I do have my bell bottoms Mm -hmm, again because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unlike other people, (laughs) it's something that I like to hang on to from my past. But that's what we're talking about today. Um, I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Matthew McKay joining me here today and and Jordan. Um, You know, for those of us that have gone through change and disappointment, it is a rare thing to really be able to reflect on it, but then how do we then help others go through it? That's what, you know, that's what Matthew McKay is doing. Like before we go ahead and we talk about why pain, how do people find out about you? But more importantly, how do they get a copy of the book? Well, the book, uh, Love and the Time of Impermanence is available in, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookstores everywhere. I mean, it's it's, totally out there. There are many things people said about this book in the front. Um, And there are conversations about pain. You know this and I know this from the field we're in. I I, I can't think of how many times people have asked why, right? Why is this happening to me, Matthew? Why is Jordan, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? You know, why did I have to go through that loss? 
why did I lose my job after 24 and a half years, six months short of a pension? You know, why are my kids struggling with drugs and alcohol? It is a very interesting question, but the question that you address in the book and Jordan does is why is there so much pain in life? Yeah, that's right. It's an enormously important question. And, and well, I'll, I'll tell you what Jordan says exactly. And yes. his words, he says, the material world forces us to respond to constant change through change and loss and pain. We make discoveries about love and are rewarded with profound lessons. We have a lifelong course in the school of impermanence. And what I have been led to understand, uh, because Jordan, of course, has a lot more wisdom and knowledge than I do. He's had memory, his memory of hundreds of lifetimes he's lived and uh, all access to wisdom that we don't have here because we forget all of that when we incarnate. But what he's saying is that we come here for a reason. And the reason we come here to this material world, this world of impermanence where everything is changing, where there's so much loss and, and hurt and pain is to learn lessons. We're here to learn. So pain isn't something that's bad. I mean, it's hard to face, but it's not something that's wrong or bad or suggests that we failed in some way. It's why we're here. Uh, we're here to learn how to love in the face of pain in the face of change, in the face of impermanence. How do we love when all of that's happening? I mean, this is kind of a, it's a pretty silly example, but you know, a parent comes home and their child has had a bad day at school and they're scared or they're upset or they're crying, or they, you don't know how to do their homework and they're struggling with that. And the parent is, is tired, the parent has had a bad day at work, they're maybe depressed, they're maybe anxious all kinds of stuff going on. How does that parent express love for that child in the face of all that pain? That's what we're here learning. You know, uh, you know, partners, you know, one, one of whom says something kind of hurtful and critical of the other. How does the partner who's heard that, heard those words, somehow uh, act with love in the face of that pain of hurt? And so our, our lives are full of, uh, of, of pain, not suffering, but pain. Pain is just things that happen to us, things that affect us emotionally, things that affect us physically. Um, and how do we, in the face of all of that, learn how to love? And so, and 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 this is these are lessons we can't learn in the afterlife, in the spirit world. There is no pain there, and so love is natural and uh, and an, an effortless part of of our experience and, and connect mm -hmm. with each other. Here, we have to learn how to love in the face of all of what this material world throws at us. And that's the reason we're here. And that's what these lessons are. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, first of all, I think you also have a website called Seeking Jordan. But one of the things I forgot to mention about you as well, is you're the author of several books. Um, one of the books, <laughs> and I've read several of them, by the way, um, especially the books where you talk about thoughts and feelings. You know, one of the things that I loved is you have a book that goes back, I think over a decade ago, and it was one of the first books I think I got my hands on that related mind and emotions, right? Based on a universal notion for emotional disorders. Yeah. And so why would somebody like me even be interested in that? So forget the psychology degrees. I come from a family of that, Matthew. I come from that. I come from a mom 
who was alcoholic and addict. And they say that I cried for four years. They called it colic. But basically, my uncle that told the truth said, girl, you were born into a world. Your mom was drinking and using and you popped in and you just love the taste of alcohol. But what is it about mind and emotions? And, you know, this is this book is to remind us mind, emotion, spiritual energy, life force energy that goes exists outside of the body and that we have the ability to tap into that. Jordan's notion of this and his, his knowledge and communication and wisdom of this, I need to ask you, if we could share this with all the people in the world in pain, how would their lives change, Dr. McKay? Well, I think, first of all, uh, when we suffer pain and, and, and we feel like there's no reason for it, uh, there's a kind of um, a nihilism that we end up struggling with. It's like, well, well, I feel bad and there's no reason for this. Maybe God's abandoned me or there is no God. How could this be happening to me? And the truth is that we come here specifically to experience these hard, difficult emotions, uh, these things that happen to our bodies and to our minds living in this physical world. We come here to specifically experience losses and all of the struggles we face are actually part of our purpose here. And so uh, instead of nihilism and this, this is, you know, we've been abandoned or there's no point to it or, or we've screwed up in some way, it's actually mm-hmm. when we're struggling and we're facing difficult things and we're facing pain and trying to love while in pain, that's exactly what we're doing here. This is exactly our purpose. Um, we're doing everything right. Uh, and, uh, and so I guess I want to say to anyone who's struggling with pain, mm-hmm. uh, this is not your fault. This is not because you're bad or wrong. Um, this is not because God has abandoned you, uh, or, or the universe makes no sense. It's because we came here to face these difficult things to learn how to love. You know, it's interesting in the book, and I want to talk about this because this is a conversation we don't have that often. We don't talk about what love is not. And you do. You're like, okay, let me tell you what love is not. Let me tell you what, what it's not and what it does not. And you come out of the gate in the book and really set the platform for that. Let's talk about that for a little bit, because I think it's one of the most universal misunderstandings that could get us into a whole lifetime of trouble. Yeah. You came well, out of the gate with that, though. Yeah, and it's and I think it is important to know what it what it is not. I mean, first of all, mm-hmm. love isn't transient uh, pleasures uh, sexual pleasures or otherwise it's 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 not it's not pleasure mm. uh, it's not an emotion you know think about it. you know when you, <clears throat> when you're with someone that you love deeply how often do you actually have the emotion of love you know it, the emotion of love comes and goes most of the time we're not feeling the love so love isn't isn't an emotion uh, because it's only you know uh, temporarily present in our lives Love isn't a need or a desire. Uh, you know, I, you need someone. That isn't love. You desire their their presence or you desire them sexually. That isn't love. Um, depending on someone, you know, you, just, you need them uh, to, to take care of you or protect you. That isn't love. Um, 
so I think it's important to recognize that, and you know, and of course, limerence is love. That that feeling of falling in love, of like, you know, I'm uh, so attracted, so drawn to this person. <laughs> I have to be with them all the time, and I feel as a, this in sense like we're we're one. We're, we're so close. All of that is lovely. It's it's a beautiful part of life, but it isn't love. Uh, those are temporary experiences that come and go. Love is something else. Love is actual behavior. It's what we do. It's not what we feel. Yeah. It's what we do. And that's what I, I'm trying to encourage people to, to recognize that um, love is action. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in my view, Jordan's view, there's, there's really four aspects to love. One is, is caring. Just I just care about what happens to you. I care about your welfare. I care about whatever struggles you're facing. Uh, I care that uh, on some level, um, you are uh, everything you could be, that you're growing and developing in the way you need to. I care about you. And the second thing is knowledge. I really see you. You can't love someone that you don't see. And one of the things that happens early in relationships when we're falling in love is we make people up. We project a lot on them, but we don't yet really know them. We don't see them. And you can't really love unless you see this, this human and, and know this person uh, with a depth that um, it doesn't have to be complete transparency, but it is a sense of what, what this person fears, of what they yearn for, uh, what they struggle with, uh, uh, you know, how they want their life to be, what their values, all of that, knowing that about that person. And that's, and that's essential to love. The third thing is compassion, is knowing that person's pain and recognizing that like us, like, like, like me, like you, they have pain and, and, and caring about that pain and having a desire and a wish that it be better, that, that that person, that we somehow be able to actively help them with that pain. And, and the last part of love is intention. It's where the rubber meets the road in terms of love. It's the intention to act with love, to act with care, with knowledge, with compassion, and turn that into to action. And, and one of the ways we do that is something called daily intentions. And we could talk more about that. But those are the four pieces of love. But at, the, at its root, love is active. It's behavior. Yeah. It's doing Yeah. I love that you're saying that, you know, um, anybody that's part of any 12 step program will know the following. Uh, And what what we learn in those programs and other programs like that is that it is very difficult to go back to someone which you have betrayed. You have absolutely never been able to keep your word and start to tell them you will do better. You'll say, I am going to do better. I am going to be better. Because in their mind, and I don't know about you, but I've had more people say to me, you know what? Show me, I'm from Missouri, even though they're not from Missouri. Did I get that right, Missouri? They're, and my best friend to this day, you know, we've been friends since 1972. You know, the action part that you're talking about is so important. When we come back, let's talk about what it is that we can share with people to really get to the place, one, where you trust the process, two, where you trust yourself, and three, where you trust that you will absolutely be able to embrace both love and pain. 
When we come back, you're going to hear what Dr. McKay is doing, has done, uh, what the life purpose meditations are, and how Jordan continues to contribute, even in this interview. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Are you ready to experience full body system wellness? Tune in to the Empower Me Show with Pam Bright, a spiritual toolbox for your life. Embrace the fullness of who you are as a spiritual being having a human experience. Pam Bright is a multidimensional healer, light language channel, energy intuitive, and spiritual transformation coach. Join her for a rich conversation about how to unlock all your spiritual gifts on Transformation Talk Radio. Are you having difficulty feeling at home in your own home? Join Annette Rigolo and Dr. Pat in Enlightened Environments, Optimizing from the Outside In, as they present a deep dive into the various vibrations of the earth, along with man-made energies that impact our lives. Using the diamond dousing method, we will utilize specific vibrations to elevate our own homes to support us and expand us with their energy. Join us every third Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time to make your home home. It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to Emotional Elevation with me, Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. That's D-E-N-E-E.com. Illuminate your inner framework now with Shelly Hoffberg and Stephanie Salt on the show Intuitive Diagnostics on Psychic Horizons. For you to find the keys to your highest path, it is vital that you see what is happening within your inner metric of you and those around you. They'll help you utilize soul architecture so that you can unravel the highest plan of life actualization for you. Manifest your unique life mission now every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Are you wondering who you are meant to be in this ever-changing world right now? Kelly Kay is a certified New Paradigm multidimensional transformation energy healer ready to assist you in this transformative process of expanding your consciousness. She helps you transmute your wounds and traumas into healing, growth, and wisdom, resulting in self-empowerment and freedom from fear. Visit EnlightenedMedicine.com to learn more. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is an incredible book, but it's an incredible story. And there's lots for you to find out about um, Dr. Matthew McKay. First of all, love in the time of impermanence. And I think Jacob is putting some images up there now for you. Um, That is the name of this book, but it's really much more than that. You know, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure that Dr. Matthew figured it out, but I think Jordan, his son, probably knew that this book popping out and having a conversation about this right now would be so immensely timely because the nature of loss that we've experienced, I call it three years. People corrected me that it's two and a half. I'm just saying, I think three years sounds good to me. 
but the nature of loss that we have experienced in that point in time, everything from saying goodbye to your dad through a window in a hospital without touching or seeing him. I mean, there's so many examples of this. And yet, what are we doing about it? I don't know. Do you know people that are facing their pain or are we numbing it? Certainly the statistics and the rise of drug use and alcoholism at every age on the planet, but online sales is a booming industry. But will that get us from where we are to where we go? And what is it that both Jordan and Dr. Matthew have done to help us understand how to find strength in love and how, how pain and impermanence can either click a switch to give us an awareness or create barriers? We're going to talk about all of those, including what you said about action. Because you can tell somebody over and over and over and over and over again that you love them, and then the, the behavior and the action you take just doesn't support it. But how do we find strength? And where do we start? Do we always have to start with ourselves, Dr. Matthew? <laughs> well, right. I'm afraid we start with ourselves. I mean, but because we are the ones who are making the decisions. We're deciding how to be and how to act in the world. And so uh, everything starts with us. And, and I think that one of the most important things that we can take the, the intention of loving into our day, how do, how do we do that? Um, and so there's a very simple meditation that, that's really pretty easy to do where you just simply pay attention to your abdomen, where, you, where your breath is, where you, the source of your breath, your diaphragm, just noticing that and, that and saying to yourself in on the in-breath, out on the out-breath, just observing your breath. And then when a thought shows up saying, oh, just notice the thought, let it go, bring it back to the breath. So it's a very simple meditation, focusing on the breath in and out and thoughts arise, go back to your breath. So it's a centering meditation. It's called you know, still mind meditation. In Buddhism, it's called a Vipassana meditation. But it's a very simple process. But after you've kind of calmed and gotten to kind of a, a place where your mind is quieting just a little bit, uh, and this is something that should be done in the morning, uh, then th there's there's a morning intention that we sew on to that meditation. And the morning intention is this. Today, at the moment of choice, I am love. Today, at the moment of choice, I am love. And what is the moment of choice? The moment of choice is basically any interaction we have with another sentient being. The, you know, when, when we're in the middle of, of connecting, uh, uh, interacting, uh, there, there are often moments of choice embedded there. And there are three kinds of moments of choice. One is when we have a strong emotion, strong emotion shows up. When a strong emotion shows up, it will push you into what we call emotion-driven behavior. And this refers to that book that we talked about before, that you talked about before, Mind and Emotions. When, when a strong emotion makes us want to do certain things. And usually they're avoidance behaviors. Um, and, and, the, and the second moment of choice is if you have a strong desire, something you really want that suddenly shows up. You really want something or want to do something. So strong impulse. Uh, and the third moment of choice in, in, involves just uh, when you're physically in pain, when there's some kind of painful experience that's going on in your body. So all through the day, these moments of choice show up. Strong emotions, 
strong uh, sensations uh, and strong desires or wants or impulses. And we have to, we have to pay attention to them. So, so that, that, that little mantra today at the moment of choice, I am loved means today when I have a strong emotion, when I have a strong physical sensation, when I have a strong desire or impulse at those moments, I'm really paying attention and I am bringing love into that moment. I'm going to choose love over what that over over what the motion wants me to do. I'm going to choose love over what the pain wants me to do. I'm going to choose love uh, over what may, I might be craving or desiring or the impulse I might have. I'm going to choose love over all of that. And so that's one very important way that we can um, prepare ourselves each day for entering it with love. And then we can do it in more specific ways. You know, for example, if we're focusing on, on how I'm going to be with a particular, how could I bring love to a particular relationship, particular person, or a particular uh, moment or experience that I expect or anticipate during this day? Mm -hmm. So today at the moment of choice in that, with that person, they're triggering me. They, they set me off in some way. They hurt me. They, they do something that, that impacts me in a way um, where I'm, I'm feeling some kind of pain. At that exact moment, that's when I'm going to bring love within that moment with that person. So we can prepare for each day to bring love into those special moments, those moments of choice. I want to ask you this question too on how you changed. So my question is, I've read the book and there are some things we're going to talk about in a minute about it, especially about intention and moment of choice. Uh, but but also the fact that gratitude is so prominent in the book. It's just so prominent. And, you know, it's prominent in my life. I don't know when, I don't know when the notion of applying gratitude to a situation showed up. I just don't remember. But the minute it did, I saw things change in the material world. And one of the things that I'm, I'm really struck by is how you changed from writing this book. What new level of awareness do you now have? You know, what do you think about about the future of what messaging you want to bring? What solutions you want to bring? But generally, somebody's heart changes, maybe their mind changes. Something changes, especially when you write a book in collaboration with someone like Jordan. Well, I think that what changed for me is realizing that love is a choice. Mm that it is a choice that I make, that we all make. Um, and, you know, for example, when I lost Jordan, I had a choice of just, you know, just hiding from the pain, you know, running from it in whatever way I could, um, or, or trying to find him and, and hold on to that love and, 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 and experience that relationship, even though he's on the other side. So that was a choice. But I have choices every day in terms of how I relate to my wife, uh, my daughter, um, the people that I care for, even people I don't care for and don't like. I have choices about, am I gonna bring love to those relationships? Um, and those choices are, are, are happening every day, multiple times a day. And when I realized that love was a choice, and I, I saw that with my clients, my, my couples who were struggling, 
that love was a choice. It wasn't like, you know, you fall out of love or you, you know, you know, it's, it just happens. You're, you're in it or you're out of it. Uh, you're, you're feeling it or you're not feeling it. No, it's not that at all. It's the choice to care. It's the choice to see that person. It's the choice to have compassion for their pain and, and to intentionally bring love to them and, and, and act with love toward them. So it, it, I, as I started to understand that, um, it became clear to me that it was something I wanted to convey and I wanted others to hear a little bit about what I've learned in my experience and what mm-hmm. I've learned from Jordan. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I want to just flip over for a minute to the notion of gratitude and how you've beautifully weaved that in to the solution or the meditations or the mantras, because this book is, it doesn't just tell a story. It provides people with tools. It says, look, I'm going to give you a compassion for others meditation. And that had to be super important for you to include in the book. But I would imagine that was important for Jordan to make sure it got included in the book. Um, How do you, how does this, let me just use my language. How does enabling this level of mindfulness or this practice of it through mantras and meditations, how does it shift us? It, it shifts us really dramatically. I mean, wh- one of the ways we learn how to, to love is to learn to notice when love is coming toward us and to be grateful for that. And so, so gratitude for every experience you have throughout the day. And I actually, I encourage people to, at the end of the day to review their experiences throughout the day from moments where they felt uh, love or compassion coming or even just basic kindness coming toward them. Somebody let them, let them get into the lane in their, in, in uh, while they're driving their car. Uh, some, someone held the door for them. Someone smiled kindly toward them. Um, and then, and then, you know, so there are very small acts of compassion and love, and we need to notice them, as well as things that are, you know, some, somebody asked how we were, somebody was concerned about us, some, someone ex- expressed interest in us, uh, someone asked us a question. There are all kinds of ways that, that love and compassion get sent to us, and, and, and learning how to love and learning how to be compassionate depends first on just noticing when we experience it, when we were the receivers of love and compassion. So, and, and, and really experiencing gratitude for that. Uh, so I, you know, there are, you know, practices for, for gratefully acknowledging everything that you were given throughout the day. Every, you know, tiny act of love that, that came your way, acknowledging and feeling grateful for that. But the other side of it is, you know, how do you, how are you expressing love, kindness and compassion and, and, and noticing that, you know, we've, one, we've talked a little bit about, you know, setting a morning intention yeah. with love throughout the day, but there's also very active forms of compassion that we can use. And there's a, a lovely meditation. It's, it's called a Tonglen meditation called, comes out of Buddhist traditions. Um, that is a rather quick way of, of really enacting compassion. And um, it, it involves just, you know, basically kind of, Imagining that person, even you can do it toward yourself as well, but compassion and tongling toward others is just imagining that that human's pain and their struggle 
and breathing it in as a dark cloud. It seems very strange to do that, but breathing in their pain, allowing it to come in, and in our heart, it gets transformed. You breathe it into your heart region, it's transformed there into kindness, love, and compassion, and you breathe out kindness, love, and compassion toward that person in the form of light. Breathe in the cloud of their pain, breathe out kindness, love, and compassion in the form of light. So it's a, it's a simple meditation. It's sort of counterintuitive because we don't want to take in pain usually. Uh, but in this process, we take in pain and it transforms inside our heart into love, kindness, and compassion, which we breathe out. So it, it's a simple meditation. It's a very beautiful one. There are other meditations, uh, loving kindness meditation, where we, where we um, actively intend for the other person to be free of suffering uh, to have happiness. Um, and, uh, and those are very simple uh, meditations as well. Loving kindness is a beautiful meditation. Anybody can find it on the internet. Uh, Kristen Neff developed a beautiful one. Uh, and they're simple, they're short. It doesn't take long to do it. But these are very important and active ways of sending love outward, sending compassion outward, uh, and doing it with a sense of, of kindness and mm -hmm. love that, um, uh, I think it's important for our own well-being that we do that. Yeah. You know, as I started to look a little bit closely, and one of the great paradoxes, or some people call it the great paradox. They don't say the great paradox. But they talk about the energy, especially whenever I would ever bring up gratitude, right? And I've learned how to talk about gratitude differently over time. I've also learned how to talk about forgiveness differently over time. But I think the emotional dilemma and reaction that I've seen, and I wonder if you've seen it, is trying to have a conversation about gratitude and loss, even using gratitude and loss in the same sentence. You know, what have we learned about helping and encouraging people to understand the dynamic between the two and their energies? I mean, you can call them words, but they really are energies and they have multi-dimensional aspects, right? They have a mental, they have an emotional, they have a spiritual, right? What, what is it that you've been able to say, or Jordan, about the power of gratitude and loss? Well, I think the, when, I, when I think of gratitude and loss, I think of gratitude for love. You know, you've, you may have lost somebody, they may not be here at this moment on the, on the, on the physical plane. Uh, but when I'm gra grateful, uh, I am grateful for all the love I had with that soul, with that person, even though they may not be here pr presently. Um, and, and so in that loss is gratitude for love. And I, and I think to, to me that's, and, and, and Jordan, the, my lo losing Jordan, also brings up gratitude for all the love that has existed between us while he was physically here and all the love that continues to exist between us. Um, and, and a part of the gratitude for loss is also, I think, embedded in a relationship before we anything, there's any significant loss. Um, you know, every day, you know, that I, I'm with my wife, I am aware that loss is coming, that one of us will go. Um, and, 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 you know, and we're older and, 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 and this is not that far away. So when we're together, it makes the relationship sweeter 
and and I have more gratitude for the, for the love between us because I know that loss is embedded in this, that we will lose each other at least on this plane. Um, and so we I can be grateful, even more grateful for the relationship and the beauty and the love between us because that loss is present and looming. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about a lot today. We've talked about this book, but this isn't the only book you've written. And this isn't the only body of work that you do. I want to make sure that we let folks know for everybody out there, we're talking about, you know, this book, right? Love in the Time of Impermanence. Dr. Matthew McKay is the author of Luminous Landscape of the Afterlife as well. Um, and much more. But what I want you all to do is I, I want you all to check out some of the other things that Dr. McKay is doing and, you know, what it is that we can do to navigate towards love. Before we talk about navigating towards love, can you please give us your website and let everybody know, if you could, uh, for us, yep, um, how they can find out, how they can find out about you, how they can get your other books, how they, how they, how they, all of that. <laughs> well, uh, I, the website that, you know, has a lot of Jordan's writings on it uh, is seekingjordan.com. And so you can find out more about him and, and what he's written, and what he has to say on a lot of subjects there. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, you can just Google me on the internet and see what I've written. And if, you're, if, if your audience is interested at all in that, I've written a lot of books on uh, anxiety, depression, trauma, uh, and how to deal with those painful emotions. Um, I will say something about trauma for a minute. I have, I have a, a, a trauma clinic uh, in here in California and in Lofi Clinic that we've served folks who don't have other resources. Um, but one of the things about trauma is that when people have trauma, they, they, they really get caught in trying to avoid pain. You know, this, they've had this enormous amount of pain and they spend their life trying to not have it, try to get rid of it, trying to push it away, the emotional pain, the memories and so forth. And, and in order to get through trauma, we have to do something different. Instead of avoiding pain, we have to turn toward love. Um, we have to turn toward our core spiritual values. What, who do I want to be in this world? Um, and people you know, lose sight of that because they're so busy trying to get rid of and control the pain. And so one of the things we're teaching people in our clinic is let's l- allow the pain. Let's, let's face the pain. Let's, let's, let's not run from it. But in doing that, in facing the pain, it allows us now to turn toward love, to, to, to be the person we want to be in our relationships mm-hmm. um, and to do the things that we need and want to do here on this planet. So, um, I, so a lot of you know, dealing with painful emotions, whether it's trauma, anxiety, depression, is, yes, I have that emotion. I have that pain. Let me allow. Let me face it. Let me not run from it. Let me turn toward love in the face of that pain. Yeah. You know, there is a power and a power of love. And I want to spend the last couple of minutes we have to really ask you what you and Jordan have learned about the power of love. When the power of love, I think keeps us in a state of grace. And I don't mean that in a, in a religious sense, right? Uh, like an absence of sin or something. I, I mean, 
the power of love keeps us aligned with with the, the, the most important and core spiritual value we have, which, which is to love. And uh, love ourselves, take care of ourselves, and love uh, every other sentient being uh, to recognize our connection to everyone and, and to all, to all of consciousness. And so I, it feels to me like love is um, the, the centerpiece of our lives and what we're learning here. And Jordan actually says something very specific about this. He says, love is simple. It is caring for and seeing others. Love is doing in each moment what relationship requires. Mm. And that, that I think is the essence of what we're, what we're trying to learn here. Yeah. And I love the action. I love the action tenor to it. I mean, you know, he's like doing and saying, because how many times have we heard the words that don't align with the actions, Dr. McVeigh? How many times? Yeah. Yeah. And we so want to believe. And what you've been able to do is through this book and through Jordan and, you know, thanks to both of you, um, what you've been able to do is give people an opportunity now to not just understand the power of love, but to learn a bit, to bring it in the forefront to understand what it is and what it's not, and to help us all stop avoiding pain by numbing. Thank you so much for all that. How do we get a copy of the book again, and how do we find out more about you? Uh, the book itself uh, is on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, you know, bookstores everywhere, really. And uh, again, you'll find out more about Jordan in particular on seekingjordan.com and if you're more interested in me and the things I've written um, um, you can see that on Google I can't thank you enough I, I love the timeliness of this I love that this is a message for millions and millions and millions of people that cannot make sense of their pain right now thank you Dr. Matthew McKay everybody I'm Dr. Pat Benny Jacob, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. we got another hour coming up. <laughs> <laughs>